Hello and welcome to the Jesse and Melva podcast. Let's talk about love and marriage. We are so glad you're here. Do you know how so many couples get so caught in the routine of their daily lives that their relationship loses its spark? Well, we help you get that spark back in the way that sticks. This is the place where you will discover the secrets of happy couples that you can apply to your own relationships. And now, here's Jesse and Melba. Hello. I'm Jesse Johnson. And I'm Melba Thomas Johnson. Welcome back. We really appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to join us. Today, today we're talking about financial problems in relationships because of the kind of problems many people are facing today, we know that today's show is going to be of interest to you. And we also want you to know that we're continuing our series on the 10 most common relationship problems. And today's show is actually the fifth in our series. If you miss any of these previous shows, you can always clock on the blog section of our uh, uh, blog um, on our website, and you can uh, hear those former shows. So today we're focusing on financial problems in relationships. First, we'd like to say that even in good times, when the country was not in financial crisis, money issues between couples is a major reason for divorce. In fact, most divorce attorneys say that financial issues are the primary reason for about 90% of divorce cases. It isn't necessarily the amount of money that is the issue. It's the differences between the couple and how they spend money and their ability to communicate and resolve those differences. I mean, their inability to do that. Right. Inability. Okay. Inability, yeah. Okay. Thank you. So if you're in a relationship that has had problems all along, uh, when you add financial stress, it only makes the situation worse. Those problems plus financial stress converge to create what we call is the perfect storm, that can have a devastating impact on relationships. You know, it really doesn't have to be this way. Uh, There's a story in our book, uh, um, Mining for Gold in Your Relationships, where we tell the story of Buddy and Sophie, who proved this to be true. Uh, It wasn't their financial problem. That was the problem. Rather, it was the way that they reacted to each other because of the problem. That's right. Um, because problems, no matter what the issue or issues might be, are not solved at the level of the problem. Attempting to solve problems at this level most often only results in couples fighting, blaming, and criticizing each other and being frustrated by get-nowhere arguments that don't lead to any solutions. We taught Buddy and Sophie a simple process to go beneath the surface issues involving money and enabled them to not only find a solution, but resulted in them finding the gold, a deeper and more loving relationship and connection. They also have more money. That's true. And if, you know, uh, if you'd like to know how they did it, get a copy of our book. The steps are spelled out in their real-life story. Be assured, though, that even though these difficult economic times, it's not only possible for you to get through it, without tearing your relationship apart, that you can, in fact, create a closer, deeper bond than ever before. And during this phase of the relationship that is often 
referred to as the romantic phase when um, the attraction takes place, there's a release of various hormones in the brain, one of which is called phenylethylamine or PEA that gives couples the feeling of euphoria and it boosts the couple's sexual desire. So that so what starts off as a whole lot of sexual energy is expected to continue for life. And, you know, we hear that over and over again when couples come in, you know, um, that they really are expecting that experience, that feeling to last forever. They don't know that nature has put them on drugs. But, you know, one thing that will help them get out of that real quick? What's that? Problems with finances. <laughs> That's true. So. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the other day, Jesse, uh, you read something about the impact of the economy on couples wanting to get married. Do you remember that? Would you share what you found out? Sure. Um, yes, according to some recent studies, the downturn in the economy is having a negative effect on marriages, especially those wanting to get married. Hmm. Uh, one indication is an overall reduction in the number of couples requesting a marriage license. That is odd mm-hmm. or different, surprising. So you may be one of those couples who's wanted to get married, but you've just been laid off maybe or you fear that you might be and or you can't find a job or you've lost a lot of money from your savings or investments or your 401K. That That's a, a situation for a lot of uh, people. In fact, we were talking to some relatives recently. Uh, where, uh, some relatives of ours got married. We went to the wedding uh, a few months ago, and that was a situation with one of them who's had problems trying to find a job. So many couples who'd like to tie the knot are postponing marriage for good reason because uh, it makes sense considering the high cost of wedding these days. This is something I didn't know, Melba, that the national average for the cost of a wedding is about $27,700. $27,700. That's a lot of money. Well, see, we don't have a daughter, and we haven't uh, Praise put God. on yet. <laughs> so that's why you didn't know that. I knew that, though. Oh, well, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. So if you're already stressed out over money, it makes sense to push back the wedding date until things get better. If you're a bride-to-be, postponing your wedding may be hard to hear, but it's probably uppermost in the mind of the groom. And your parents. Right. Um, so some might wonder, what should you do in the meantime if you find yourself in this kind of situation? If that's the case, our strong recommendation is that you use this time wisely to work on your relationship. Mm-hmm. This is a good time to do some real serious planning. Absolutely. Uh, a major problem in the beginning of most marriages is the fact that an overwhelming number of couples who are simply not prepared for the difficulties they're going to face after saying, I do. Research has shown that couples who have premarital counseling are one-third less likely to divorce and have greater marital satisfaction than those who don't. Hmm. We'd say this is a very good reason for premarital counseling, especially the kind that combines counseling with relationship skill training. Uh-huh. That's the type we do, and it's uh-huh. proven to be the most effective. Right. Melba, I couldn't agree more. You know, there are a lot of people out there offering marriage programs and premarital counseling, and many times couples have a problem trying to wade through everything that's out there to find the right counselor or programs that they're looking for. So it makes sense that if you're going to see seek this kind of help, that you'll want to find the best. After all, your relationship is really important to both of you. 
So we're willing to offer you our help. Uh, we'll help you sort out and find the help that you're looking for. It's not important whether or not you choose us or not. That's not what we're about. What we are interested in and our clear intent is to try to be of help. So we invite you to contact us either by email or uh, uh, in some way, and we'll be glad to provide you with uh, the resources and help that you'll need. So, Melba, the recession is also affecting couples wanting to get married. I mean, not only wanting to get married, but it's also impacting couples who are already married. That's true. Uh, the recession is forcing many in unhappy marriages to stay together because, number one, they can't afford the price of a divorce, and number two, they can't afford to live apart. That mm. is stressful. Mm -hmm. This situation seems to be the most serious in those cities with the highest unemployment rates, coupled with major losses in home equity. This phenomena, however, appears to be consistent across the country as reported by divorce attorney and marriage counselors. Mm -hmm. Now, on the one hand, Melba, this might appear to be a bad thing. But from our perspective, it just might be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. We say that because in our 32 years of doing marriage counseling, we have discovered that often couples rush into a divorce and separation far too fast. In fact, we've written articles about that on our blog, yeah. about uh, people who later get divorced and say, I never, shouldn't have done it. So most, for example, do not take advantage of the help that's available to help them on their work, work through their relationship problems. It's not until partners have gone through the pain of the divorce that they realize that it was a mistake, that they've acted too quickly in throwing in the towel. The good news is that some of these couples eventually realize their mistake and seek the help of marriage counselors like us. And when that happens, both partners are highly motivated to get back together and make it right the next time. Yeah, um, and it's quite possible that you may be one of those couples we're describing who'd like to separate or get a divorce, but are being forced to stay together because of the economic situation. Now, if that's the case, we'd like to suggest that since you have to be together, that you at least learn how to communicate and share the same house with the minimum amount of conflict and stress. That's especially important if you have children, yeah, because um, mm -hmm. kids, you know, you, you may sh uh, share joint custody or even uh, have visitation um, rights. So you're going to be in each other's lives for the rest of your life. It will be to your mutual advantage to learn the relationship skills required for both of you to work together on behalf of your children. Melvin, that's absolutely true. And, you know, just the other day I was reading a report on the percentage of men who paid their child support faithfully. And according, you know, we, we talk about men not paying child support. Yeah. But according to the national figures, 90%, let me say that again, 90% of fathers pay their child support regularly and are not behind when the father has joint custody custody with the children's mother. This is why the courts are now encouraging and granting more joint custody cases because fathers are more likely to pay child support as well as be involved in an ongoing basis in their children's lives if they have joint custody. And so it's like the media, what you hear on the media, 
is not even close to those statistics. No, they're not. And these are things that are not being reported in the media. Yeah. You know? So you as a mother might think that you can just kind of close the door to their father's involvement because you still have issues with him, and uh, you may just want him to walk away and, 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 and uh, let you raise the kids by yourself. But understand that the court may grant the father joint custody if he requests it. So the two of you are going to have to find a way to share custody of your kids. And so if you know that's a problem, then you'll want to get some help with that. Now, at the end of today's show, we're going to tell you about an online class that we're offering that will help. So keep listening, and we'll share that information with you later. But let's just keep it moving, Melvin. So, Melvin, what would you say is the root cause of money problems in relationships? Well, I, I would say the root cause of money problems in relationships is poor communication. Uh, we've said it again and again. Good communication is the bottom line, necessity for a successful marriage or relationship. And as it relates to money, there are three things that every couple must be able to talk about and make agreements on. The first one is their financial goals. What are you attempting to achieve with the money you receive? Number two, your financial limits. How much money can each of you spend without needing to discuss it with your spouse in advance? Number three, your budget. How much will you spend on all of your joint and personal expenses? Melva, as I was hearing you, um, I can imagine that there are a lot of listeners uh, who would say that our number one problem uh, is the fact that we've been laid off or we don't have enough money to pay our bills or keep our house. And, you know, I, I don't, wouldn't dispute that at all. Uh, that is a reality for a lot of people. And while we can acknowledge that, the truth is that there were many couples having financial problems when both were working and the economic situ- situation was far better. Now, if any of that, if what I'm saying is true, then we could say that the amount of money a couple has to spend is not entirely the problem. It is what problems do or have done with their money that is the problem. Now, I think a lot of us have to regroup, you know, and come up with some better ways of managing the money that we do have. So I'm saying that the, the problems that we're now having with money is not something new for many of us. Many of us have overspent and, and, and have gotten ourselves into, you know, some real financial problems. So, yeah. and the fact that maybe people are laid off, we don't have as much money as we once had, just exacerbates the problem, but that is not the problem. You know, uh, Jesse, I agree with you. Um, we're also one of those couples who are regrouping. Mm-hmm. Why don't we share some of the most common problems our couples have with money? I'll start, okay? Okay. The first problem most couples would say they have about money that causes friction in their marriages is simply not having enough to pay all their bills and also to have money to buy the things that they want versus just the things that they need. Now, this can result in anger and frustration between the couple. Mm-hmm. I think a second uh, common problem uh, is the fact that some couples just don't have enough money to meet their very basic living expenses. And this is a situation that... Uh, uh, has happened to one of the situations that's happened today is with the variable rate mortgages. Now, many people had a significant increase in their mortgage payments while experiencing layoffs, and this has placed a tremendous stress on many families. Can you imagine what it's like to 
have a organized plan for operating expenses day to day, and you have a mortgage payment that you can manage, and then all of a sudden you have this balloon mm-hmm. uh, payment that you have to keep up with. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's got to be devastating. Absolutely. Um, the third most common money problem is conflicts over how money is used. For example, one partner might be a miser and the other a spendthrift. This can really trigger clashes between couple, uh, partners and can result in major problems. So couples must learn to talk and compromise around money so that it becomes a non-issue. I'd agree with that. Another common problem is paying bills. You know, there's some people who like to pay their bills as soon as they get them, and then there are others who wait for a specific time monthly to pay the bills. Now, if you add that to the fact that a couple may be overburdened with loans, uh, so much so that they're having trouble paying them, then this just adds to the problem. Now, we want to say right off that we're not financial planners or experts. Nope. Okay? Uh, Especially when it comes to money matters. We're simply making suggestions based on our personal experience as as a married couple with 32 years of experience being happily married and our 34 years of experience as a marriage counselor. Uh, What we are offering are some very basic general suggestions on handling money problems in marriage. We'd advise couples to seek the help of competent financial advisors to give you information and advice on dealing with your very specific financial situations. So um, we'd like to suggest that both of you go together when seeing a financial advisor. Now, Having said that, no, but why don't we offer a few suggestions for couples on how to manage, better manage their finances? Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, our first suggestion is that you, number one, don't hide your financial problems from your partner. And number two, don't hide your head in the sand as though you don't have a problem. Right. You really have to talk about the situation together honestly and openly. Mm-hmm. Talk about what you can do about your financial situation, and then do it. Hey, all right. Yeah, and and, to, and when we say talk about it, we're talking about um, exploring all the different ways that you can manage it, work it through, brainstorm it, yes, and then come up with the best solutions, and then come up with a plan, and follow your plan, and work your plan, and revise it as needed. True, and we're going to say more about that in just a moment. Okay. All right. Next. Um, We'd like to suggest that you stop blaming uh, each other for the problem. This happens a lot where people, you're the fault, you're the reason. If you hadn't done this, you hadn't done that, then we wouldn't have this problem. You've got to stop blaming each other. It really doesn't help. In reality, both of you must take responsibility for the problem, and both of you must take responsibility for finding a solution. So blaming each other over financial problems is just a total waste of time. That's true. That is true. Um, next, you need to make a list of all the sources of income and a list of your fixed and flexible expenses. Fixed expenses include things like your mortgage or rent, utility bills, groceries, credit cards, loans, etc. Flexible expenses include things like vacations, weekend dinners, um, and lunch at restaurants. And I think during these economic times, uh, people are probably spending less money on vacations and uh, as many dinners and lunches out. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. 
Fixed expenses are things that you absolutely must pay each month, and flexible expenses are those that you can afford to do without, uh, to do without if necessary. You know, and I was thinking about you know some of the, um, uh, what do you call it? flexible expenses that some people feel are fixed. You know, uh, like for ladies, sometimes it's like you know the manicure and you know the hair. But anyway, and makeup and stuff like that. Right. Um, you should decide where you where you can cut back on expenses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our fourth suggestion is that it is important that you get control over your spending. Limit your use of credit cards and purchase only what is absolutely necessary when you use them. And do not go out and uh, uh, buy things when you're upset with your spouse spouse as some kind of revenge. And some people do that. Um, so getting back at them for something they did that you didn't like, this should also be a no-no. You know, it reminds me of one of the uh, one good friend that we have who says that when she and her husband fall out, that one of the things that she does is that she goes shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more she shops, the better that she feels. So, yes, um, I, I know you're talking. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'll go on to the fifth suggestion. <laughs> and that is, after you've made a list of all your sources of income and your fixed and flexible expenses, it's time to make a budget. This will require that you set some goals and talk about how you're going to reach them. This is when your ability to communicate will be an important key to your success. If you need help doing a budget, you might want to see your local banker. Some banks offer classes to help their customers with money issues and some bank managers are often also willing to be of help. Right. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people know that. I think you're right. Because um, uh, the banks want you to continue to deposit money into your account. So I don't think a lot of people know that they are willing to work with you to help you to be resourceful and to utilize their resources so that you can keep you know, that, that pattern going. Right. In fact, it's in both people's interest to do that, both yeah. the bank as well as their customers. Yeah. Um, next, if you're behind on your bills, it's important for you to talk to your creditors and negotiate a way of handling them successfully. Uh, most will work with you because, like just like the banks, your creditors, it means that it's in their best interest to help customers find a way to pay off their loans. Be cautious when seeking the help of credit counseling companies. You know, so many people have really had very bad experiences with this. I mean, it's, it's, that's covered in the media all the time of situations where people are taking advantage of persons because of the economic situation. Um, and if you think of using uh, one of those credit card uh, or, or credit counseling companies, be sure to check them out with the Better Business Bureau. And also you might ask around for recommendations and you'll likely come up with some reputable companies. Yeah, that's true. Um, in your discussions about money, it's important that in making your financial plans that you create a win-win rather than a win-lose situation. Remember that unless both of you win, neither wins. So we recommend that neither of you play the heavy hand nor try to force your spouse into doing something they don't agree with. Trying to prove yourself right and your spouse wrong is the wrong way to go. You must create a plan that works for both of you. Mm. You know, that's probably one of the major communication um, situations that we see on mm-hmm. a regular basis. That's and true. that is when couples try to, um, the whole right and wrong mm-hmm. scenario. Right. 
Finally, uh, we recommend that you do not attempt to escape dealing with uh, your financial problems by overeating, by, you know, overdrinking, you know, using uh, street drugs and overspending and so forth. Uh, You know by doing all those things, kinds of things rather, that uh, people often use to cope um, or just, just don't work. So take care of yourself by eating right, exercising, relaxing, and having fun. Yeah, escapes only delay facing the The reality of what is. Absolutely. So, Jesse, let's do a quick review of what we've covered. I'll start. Okay. First, we said that a lot of couples are having financial problems right now because of the economy and that it's affecting couples who want to get married but can't because they can't afford it. And many married couples can't afford to get a divorce for the same reason. But we've said that this may not be all bad, that whether you're engaged or have been thinking about a separation or divorce, that this is a good time to work on your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also said that the root cause of many financial problems is the inability to communicate effectively. And we said that couples must communicate about money matters if their relationship is going to be successful. They need to make agreements about financial goals, limits on spending, and a budget. We also said that some of the problems related to money include, number one, couples don't have enough money to pay their bills, but many were experiencing that before the downturn in the the economy. So not having enough money was a problem when things were better. Number two, couples have conflicts over how money is used. Number three, there are differences over preferences about when and how to pay bills. And four, we suggested to get help from financial professionals to deal with specific situations. And we offered some suggestions, which were, one, don't hide the problem from your spouse or put your head in the sand and ignore the problem. Uh, number two, stop blaming each other for the problem. Number three, make a list of income and fixed and flexible expenses. Number four, control your spending. Number five, make a budget. Number six, talk to your creditors if you're having problems paying your bills. Seven, create a win-win situation when making plans with your spouse about money matters. And eight, don't try to escape the problem by overeating, drinking, drugging, and so forth. So we gave a lot of information. We sure did. In a short period of time. So let's take a pause for a minute and take a few questions from our listeners. We're having some real financial problems, and my husband is totally consumed um, by every penny I spend. He's driving me crazy with his constant complaining and demanding that I account for every dime I spend, of which all of which are for essentials. But I'm tired of his complaining and don't know what to do. Do you have any ideas? We have like a minute to answer this call. Uh, well, um, first of all, I guess I'll answer it quickly in maybe a 10-second response. One is you cannot allow uh, money. If you're having money problems, you simply cannot allow money to be totally consumed by it. There are more things going on in your life than just money problems, and so we would certainly recommend that you talk to your your, uh, husband about uh, how you're feeling and what's going on and ask him, you know, to kind of lighten up. And you guys make a plan about how you can, uh, you know, have more fun, be able to relax more, and don't let money become your all-consuming thing. And and, um take into consideration about what we said about how to approach him. Right. So until next time, this is Melva Thomas Johnson. And I'm Jesse Johnson. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Jesse and Melva podcast. 
Let's Talk About Love and Marriage, where we help you get that spark back in your relationship. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and listen to all of our shows. We post new shows every week, and we want to help each of your relationships. You can receive even more great information from successful couples by visiting our Facebook group, Tips for Success in Love, Marriage, and Life. It's easy. Just search for Tips for Success in Love, Marriage, and Life at Facebook.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. See you next time.